Welcome to Bankless Africa, a podcast by Africans on building and innovating Web3 into a new frontier for the people of Africa. I'm your host, Miss Purple, and each episode, I get together with some wonderful people across the continent and the diaspora to talk, ideate, and dream about the bright future of our people. Stay tuned for another exciting episode. Our guest today, fellow member in Bankless DAO, Apollo. Thank you so much for joining me, Apollo. How are you today? I'm doing great, Miss Purple. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm doing fantastic. It's a it's a new month, so I'm I'm ready for for new things to come with that month. And I I hope I hope it's a good one. Really, I hope it's a good one. But um, so we're here today to talk about DAOs and everything to do with DAOs. Um, the the, the phrase that I've heard used is Taoism, which kind of sounds like a whole religion (laughs) so i'm curious to know um just kind of your basic definition of what a DAO is and what it means to to be in a DAO. uh it's it's kind of funny that you say it's like a religion uh because in a lot of ways i agree that it is um to me the similarities are a collection of people who share a similar belief system um with with Taoisms, i guess most contributors in the DAO uh they share this belief system of um individuality and uh freedom right they have the freedom to do what they want contribute how they want uh they don't have to necessarily um, restrict themselves to the confines of the typical workplace that we know um most jobs you have to do a job uh you, you don't have freedom to move around you you you, don't, you have a select set of tasks and responsibilities that you have to do um there's a hierarchical structure uh, that doesn't exist in DAOs, and I just think that the 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 new paradigm is is what's attractive to a lot of people. Mm. So you've been uh, you kind of got into like informally you were in, into governance and obviously professionally more management based. Um, so you've been in the DAO space roughly for close to a year now. Um, what has that been like? What has that year for you been like? Um, in 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 the DAO space, this had a lot of ups and downs, to be honest with you, because it's so different. Um, like, yeah, a lot of my my professional experience has come from this this corporate structure and this paradigm that I'm used to, and and the DAO space, uh, it's it was it's new waters, right? So this is um to me, I think this is going to go down as one of the greatest experiments, and in, in the history of humanity. So in the very beginning, it was very exciting. It was uh, it was new. It was fun and then it got to be a little scary because it was overwhelming because it's like okay traditionally in the corporate structure you have uh other entities that tell you what to do and how to do it but in in this new DAO structure you're pretty much building this from the ground up yourself and it's through trial and error right you learn you make some mistakes and then you you improve it somehow you make some adjustments so it was a little intimidating right um when when you first have those those first errors but then when you have those victories when you overcome those trials it's exciting again right so it's like uh you hooray you know we're all happy so it's kind of like a roller coaster you know you have your ups and downs uh it, it's been exciting for me personally it's been empowering as well um when i first got involved in the dow structure in the dows uh, I wanted to learn from other people, right? I was, uh, I felt intimidated by their knowledge. They were involved in the crypto space a lot longer than I was. Uh, and I felt they had knowledge that they could share and that, you know, I could use to grow 
in my own personal life. Um, and I found myself being in more of a leadership role, uh, some of that due to my own professional experience, but also because like, you know, we're all just building this together. And, uh, that was the thing that excited me the most. And since then I I feel more empowered where, uh, I no longer feel intimidated by, uh, someone else's knowledge that they possess and I don't possess because, you know, we all know different things. We're all like experts in our own way and we all can share knowledge with each other. And so that's been empowering for me. I wish you could see me right now. I'm nodding. Like I <laughs> I just keep nodding because I totally agree with you. It's it's such a beautiful space because everybody's able to, you know, come in and apply themselves in the best way that they can. There's no, you know, set of rules and and the fun part is that we get to make everything up as we go along. So there's that flexibility about um the whole concept of what it means to to be in a DAO. Now, you are based in the U.S. Have you interacted with people in Africa who are in DAOs? Uh, one individual that I believe is in Africa is uh, a gentleman by the name of Think Decade. I'm not sure exactly where he is, but uh, we, we both we both work in the DAO, um, contributing to different projects. Um, we were first introduced, or I was first introduced to Think Decade in the Education Guild which is just a collection of people who are, are looking to build some type of educational products and share knowledge with the masses, with, with different people. And uh, we were exploring hosting a workshop uh, about indexes and indices, um, specifically the Bed Index, which is a product that the Bankless DAO had launched last summer. And, um, you know, I've learned from him, he's learned from me, and it's just been a wonder to work with people from all over the world. Um, in another DAO that I'm involved in, there is a gentleman by the name of Henry that is also based in Africa. Um, I'm not as active in the UMA DAO as I am in the Bankless DAO, so I don't have as much interaction with him, but I do know that he's based in Africa as well. And I just think that that's really cool that we, that, you know, there's so many miles of ocean that separates us physically, but all we have to do is just simply like, you know, turn on our microphones and we can interact with people that are halfway across the world. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. So um, I want to know how you think DAOs can be adapted in a way that Africans can easily adopt them, because a lot of the you know processes and the methods that I am, I at least have come across in the DAO space are methods and processes that require somebody to be somehow if um, fluent in technology, you should at least know how to use certain things. And unfortunately, not a lot of people on the continent are able to do that. So how can DAOs be adapted or is it even possible for them to be adapted for people across the continent to adapt using them and and use them in their businesses, in their communities and every other way, essentially? Yeah, I think that uh, they can be used. Um, Maybe initially, before you can actually implement these technologies, you might have to learn how to use these technologies. And like I said, all we have to do is simply turn on a mic or connect to a certain Discord server, and we can rub elbows with other people that have knowledge that we are looking to learn. And I believe that if we were to put ourselves in those positions to learn, um, that that's how we can invest in ourselves. It doesn't necessarily have to be physical uh, growth as far as like structural growth. Uh, a lot of it can be intellectual growth and DAOs can be utilized as playgrounds, right? Uh, where we can learn and we can experiment 
and not necessarily like assume the risk of of uh, maybe your own company or or your own uh, technology, your own contracts that you're trying to build. Uh, I mean, you have test nets that you can use uh, when you're messing around with like smart contracts. If you're trying to learn how to build that type of technology and infrastructure to use, there are ways that you can you know learn how to do that without physically risking anything, right? Because this is a huge playground and like a, a a chemistry lab almost, right? It's where we can experiment. So I think that um, there are DAOs that exist that people can use to join specifically to just increase their knowledge and learn how to implement these technologies, learn what works, learn what doesn't, and then they can actually utilize these technologies when they feel like they're they're more physically capable to do so. Now, a DAO, the definition of, or rather the word DAO, uh, stands for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Now, to be autonomous, official definition says it is having the freedom to govern itself or control its own affairs. The other definition is acting in accordance with one's moral duty rather than one's desires. Now, my question on this is that autonomous um factor of a DAO, that, that freedom of it, is it really, will it always be there? Is, is, is it as non-corruptible as we're led to believe? Because if everybody is acting in this on their, on those freedoms, would it then not be that there will be other people who go to the extreme end and do certain things with these DAOs that other people may not wish for them to be? Because if everyone is acting on their own personal freedoms, then it becomes kind of a, a free-for-all and that's never a good thing. Yeah. Uh, yes, that risk is definitely real. Um, I think in any, in any organization, there's going to be some bad actors who don't have the interest of the collective at heart, right? Or they want to exploit that uh, selflessness of the collective for their own personal benefit. Um, that, 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 that is definitely a risk that exists in DAOs today. The autonomous part of it is the fact that no one person controls anything, right? And as a group, we have to come together to make decisions or in order to enforce certain decisions that had already been made, uh, whether it comes to governance. Um, I think it takes the whole community to prevent those types of attacks, right? Um, I just read an article not too long ago about a DAO that has suffered a 51% attack. Um, yeah, this actor had a, they, they, they went a, a roundabout way, like you can see all this data on chain, but they ended up accumulating more than uh, half the governance tokens. And then they made a proposal <clears throat> that transferred the multi-sigs and all treasuries and all smart contracts to their sole control. And um, yeah, that that's the, that's the first I had heard of it being successfully like um, hostile takeover type uh, situation, but it is it is real, and I think it it takes the whole community to be very diligent and and, and make sure that that doesn't happen, right? Um, and that's what makes the DAO like uh, everybody's responsibility because it's not just one person that is an overseer, right? I think everyone has to take some initiative and some responsibility to be an overseer to ensure that those types of uh those types of outcomes don't happen. Now, now on that, I for a lot of people, um at least the, the the people that I've come across, some people are 
you know, fully dedicating their entire time to being and working within ADAO. Now, I'm curious to know about making a living while working in a DAO. Is that something that's possible or does that, you know, kind of depend on the type of DAO it is? Because like you said before, a lot of this is very new and a lot of it is is more like this global social experiment that everybody's kind of trying to participate in, but nobody really knows where to go and what to do. So can people make a living off of working in a DAO or is that, does that only kind of, is that only reserved for people in, in your higher positions and more leadership type roles? I think uh, it's a combination of both. Um, I don't think that just anyone can earn a living. I think a lot of that is dependent on your own personal living expenses. Um, depending on how you manage your own personal expenses, you could, anyone could, uh, cover, you know, and make a living just by working in the DAO. Um, I think that most, most people that are in those positions of leaderships are, uh, they have a better chance of covering their living expenses, right? When it comes to, uh, working in a DAO. Uh, so it's possible, um, I think it's a lot easier for you if you are in one of those higher up positions or if you're contributing into a DAO where like, I mean, it, it also, you, that, that means you have to sell your the token that you're receiving, right? In order, you know, to cover your living expenses. So you have to be contributing to a DAO where the governance token that you're earning or the reward that you're earning is uh, something that's worthwhile, something that is a uh, popular or has some positive price action because, um, I can just tell you from like from personal experience in the in the bankless DAO, if you were earning a set salary and earning X amount of bank per month every month for doing a job or performing tasks three months ago, that salary was much more attractive than it is now. And depending on your current living expenses, that may not be able to cover your living expenses right now. Whereas three months ago it could, you know. Uh so I think there's a lot of different factors that would determine if if you could live full time by contributing full time in a DAO, um, it is possible where anyone can do it. But I don't think that right now is where everyone could do it. If that makes sense, I'm curious then to know the why. Like why why is that the case? Why is it that the same kind of salary that one could have earned, you know, a few months ago is now not nearly enough for somebody to make a living off of? Is that based on the economy, or is that based on the performance of the token? Or is there another reason? Yeah. Yeah. And banks, and, and for banks, uh, example, it's, it's because of the price action of the token. So like uh, right now, the bank token is trading at uh, just shy of four cents. Um, right before Christmas, it was trading around like 12 cents to 15 cents. So we're talking like two months ago, three months ago, it was uh, four times what it is now. So if you were earning a thousand bank an hour, which is, it seems to be like the general uh, compensation structure in the DAO. When people are exchanging services for bank token, um, the general accepted exchange rate for your time is a thousand bank an hour, right? So back in December, a thousand bank was, was coming in at $150, you know, whereas now a thousand bank per hour is only coming in at $30, you know? Um, and depending on where you live, like if you live in New York City, that's, you know, one of the most expensive places to live. So it, it could it could be where the price action of the token 
uh, what would affect you, where you could not be able to cover your expenses. Right. Would that then not um, call for the need for the adoption of a more stable kind of coin? Um, I, I mean, I know uh, the reason for having a, a a bank token in the first place was so that you can we can use that for all sorts of transactions, but for the sake of you know livability and for people to actually live off of this and for them to be able to dedicate their entire time and and resources to this, should DAOs not then look into adopting either USD or whatever currency is preferable? Yeah. I think that DAOs, uh, to, to, to be in a position where uh, people can actually sustain uh, and cover their living expenses by working in the DAO, there needs to be a stable coin to be used as payment. Uh, using governance tokens, the assets are just too volatile. And you also don't want you know people dumping your governance token when, when you reward them for contributing, too, because that, that has a negative effect on the price action, which just, I mean, has a, like an avalanche effect, so to speak. So I think a more stable compensation method needs to be introduced in order for this widespread adoption of what we want. Like we want the traditional like employment structure to be an empowering structure where people work for themselves as opposed to working for someone or something else. Uh, right now, governance tokens, they, they're just too volatile of an asset and it's just not um, it's not sustainable. Right. We, we, we definitely need to enforce a new stable method. I think stable coins uh, would be the best thing to do because that's more, there's not as much volatility in a stable coin as there is to a governance token, you know, or to Ethereum. Even if Ethereum was used, that's still a volatile asset. You know, Ethereum was $4,000 a couple months ago and now is just trying to get back to $3,000. So even that asset, is uh, volatile in itself, and I don't think it's a sustainable method of compensation. Right. Um, I'm curious to know if are there are there limits to the kinds of of DAOs that can exist, or I mean, we've come across a few DAOs that that were more kind of project DAOs, so they came and went. You know, they came in with the sole intention of doing A, B, C, and D, and once that was complete, they were just kind of they either just disappeared or fell off the radar. So, are there limits to the types of DAOs that can exist, or uh, is there kind of an unspoken rule that a DAO cannot do this or that or anything of that sort? I think that still is yet to be determined because this is so new, right? And uh, the experimentation isn't over. So as far as the rules, as far as uh, a DAO needs to do this or needs to do that, I don't think that's been officially set in stone. I think that that answer is still evolving. Um, I don't think there's any limit to what DAOs can be or what they can do. Like you said, some just want to serve a specific function or a specific purpose. And then once that purpose is served, there's no need for the them to continue, right? They can uh, they can just dissolve and separate, and feel content that they accomplished their goal, and that is in, in itself is empowering. Um, and I think that uh, I think it's still yet to be determined. To be honest with you, Miss Purple, I don't think I have a good answer for that. Yeah. Now, if you'll allow me, I'd like to reference a. Um 
Medium post written in April 2021 by an Alexandra Yosef. He's, um, this is just his personal opinion, but he basically says that as Africans, we are pure innovation, artistry, creativity, resourcefulness, and have an abundance um, running through our, our consciousness. And according to him, DAOs are digital decentralized villages and through them, Africa and Black America will be liberated. Then, um, I want to know from this then, is there a possibility of all these, you know, turmoils and all these changes that Africans both on the continent and in the diaspora have been longing for? Is it possible for these changes to come to pass using DAOs or would they require too much effort and too much manpower and potential financial power for them to even think of going in that direction? I think yes. And yes, to answer both your questions, it's going to require a lot of manpower and it will require capital, not only just physical capital like currency, but capital as far as intellectual capital. Um, for me personally, I think in order for our communities to overcome that hurdle, we first have to overcome the mental hurdle that we've been conditioned with that we can't do this, right? We've been told for so long, we can't do this. We can't live here. We can't work here. You can't do this. You can't do that. Um, that we've been psychologically conditioned to automatically resolve to that we need someone else to do it for us, right? We, we haven't been empowered enough to take that initiative to do it ourselves. We ultimately can do it, but we have to physically take the steps to do it, you know? And um, I don't think it's a solution that's going to happen overnight, to be completely honest with you. I think that it's going to take a while, but the, the opportunities are there. And um, I almost see the, the pieces being put in motion right now to change some of the mindsets and some of the traditional, some, some of the traditional structures are, always, are already being like broken down, where there's already a, a contention of, of people. You know, they, they want to change the certain lifestyles or certain uh, opportunities that they have presented before them. And they see that they've been set up not to succeed <clears throat> and they have other opportunities to succeed elsewhere. Um, so I think in the future, yes, I don't think it's going to be in the short term. Uh, I think we still have a lot of growth as a community before we're ready to take those steps. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now I want to get to more of your, um, based on your experience in, in Bankless DAO and the other DAOs that you have been involved in, if you were to describe for me what a successful DAO in Africa would have to look like, what would the key things be that it needed to have for it to actually be successful in whatever area it's trying to um, make a change, what would it need for it to actually be as good as we need it to be? I think uh, flexibility and resiliency and um, adaptability, like being, being able to know what's working, what's not working, and being able to change what's not working to try something new, even if you don't know if it's gonna work or not. Um, I think communication, community, putting people first and empowering people ultimately is what makes a DAO successful. Um, when, when the community is empowered and the people as a whole believe that they can do more than what they've traditionally <clears throat> have been told that they can do, I think the opportunities become limitless. Um, 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's personally what I believe a successful DAO would have to put in place. Now, mind you, Miss Purple, like DAOs are so new that, like I said, we still don't have like a, a definite metric on which to rate DAOs as far as what's successful and what's not. You know, there's a lot of different metrics that we could use. It could be community engagement. It could be price action. It could be. Uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the other examples, but I mean, we're, we're, we're not limited, you know, so I, I really believe it's up to the to the, the collection of people, whatever that DAO determines what success is. That's what's going to determine its success. Would you say, not to put you on the spot here, but would you say the community in Bankless DAO considers it successful? I think some of its metrics are successful, yes, and then some we haven't we haven't met that mark yet. We have a uh, room for growth. Um, when it comes to like community growth, I think that yeah, we've definitely grown since inception last May. Um, I can definitely tell you that we still haven't fully overcome the whole compensation hurdle as far as being fair and inclusive and sustainable. Um, uh, we're, we're still trying to overcome the governance model where we're including everyone, you know, because even though governance is everyone's responsibility, not everyone wants to take that step to assume that responsibility. So there are still a lot of opportunities for growth. Um, and I would say there are some some areas where we could consider ourselves successful. Now, here's a wild thought. Um, I know it may sound ridiculous, but do you think a country, uh, be it on the African continent or anywhere, just in general, do you think a country can be ran with a DAO? Ooh, that is a good question. I personally think and I hope that that's what we end up uh, doing in the future. Um, just for the simple fact that it involves everyone as opposed to a select few. Um, and it's more inclusive, right? Like, uh, so I, I, I hope that we can start running countries with DAOs as opposed to like our, our current, you know, governments and political structures that we have in place. I think that that's a huge step. Um, that's a long shot, to be honest with you. I think we have a lot of baby steps that we have to take first before we can get there. But I hope we do get there. Well, thank you so much um, for for this conversation. Um, in closing, I, I want to know, what do you hope is the future of DAOs on the continent? Like I said, I, I hope the future of DAOs is that that becomes the new the new paradigm, like everything becomes a DAO. Uh, instead of these traditional structures that we have in place now that are really like closed, gated communities, everything becomes more inclusive as opposed to being exclusive like it is now. Uh, so my hope for the future is that schools are DAOs and um, real estate companies are DAOs and housing communities are DAOs and cities and like sports teams. And like, uh, I, 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 just, I just want everybody to, I don't know, be more empowered and, and take more control for their, their own circumstances you know so i personally hope that DAOs take over everything uh that's just my own biased belief and wishful thinking <laughs> well i mean you're allowed to have um some some thoughts on this and and uh dreaming about it is a great thing you know because all of this came from somebody wanting something to happen and they made it happen so i think they may sound like far-fetched ideas but 
they could be the beginning of, you know, instilling some kind of a seed or a desire in another person. And who knows, maybe in a, in a few years, in a few, maybe 10 years or so, we may see the continent completely overhauled by, um, by DAOs and just running in a more efficient manner. Now, a fun little tidbit I would like to do before we officially close this off is uh, I want you to give me three words to describe how you feel just about the future of this entire space as a whole across um, the entire continent, but also across the entire globe. Just three words. Uh, the first word is revolutionary. Uh, second word is hopeful. And the third word I will say is empowering. Okay, revolutionary, hopeful, and empowering. Thank you so much, Apollo, for coming on to this wonderful episode. I enjoyed learning from you, and I hope we get to interact more within the Bankless DAO. Thank you for having me. I had a wonderful time, and I hope to see you as well in the DAO. Thank you for spending another episode with me. Just a reminder that none of what we share is financial advice, only opinions of the individuals that make this show possible. You can use the links in the show notes to do your own research. Don't forget to subscribe, share and give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening from. We are our own wildest dreams, the hope of our own tomorrow. So until next time, keep innovating.